Alright, we left. Hey. Yesterday was weird. Nobody seemed to watch the last episode. Okay. Well, and it wasn't that interesting, so... I mean, it's, I mean, it's important shit, but it's, you know... It's important shit to the boring as fuck, so... What can you say? Yeah, usually we get two people watching, but... Okay. Well, well, I guess uh, our two listeners uh, decided to bail on us, so okay. Okay, if we lose them as an audience, big deal. We'll see what goes on. Maybe they both have something to do, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, how's your day? Uh, pretty shitty. Uh, and I woke up, went and charged my phone, and uh, drank a coffee, ate uh, one of their the Starbucks sausage, egg, and cheese wraps or something like that. I'm not sure what they call it. Sounds but, expensive. Uh, well, no, because I got the I got the gift card, so it's like uh, it's all been free. Huh. But you know, start. I, I got woken up kind of early in the morning because I woke up and I had to take a like I had the and I started having the bladder problems yesterday, and uh, like at like around two three in the morning. Like, I had to take a piss, and they had this thing with, you know, a huge amount of water was going, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to, like, deal with that, and that's an obstacle, but then eventually I figured out how to maneuver the obstacle, but it took forever, and but by that time, it's like, I'd gone too long, and it just triggered the bladder bullshit, so. Like, every couple hours, I had to piss, and then I went, and, and then, so somebody, like, it was too bad for me to even stay where I was at, so I like went somewhere else to piss. Like that morning, because I knew the dudes were gonna watch, and it wasn't gonna be cool for me to piss there at that time of the morning. It was still gonna be two hours before the place opened up. So, uh, I don't know. It was like, I don't know. Went so I went and did that, and then this dude met up with me and decided to go to the Starbucks early, even though I don't really like going when the vibe is that fucked up, because it is a, a fucked up everybody's, like, running kind of vibe there. Mm-hmm. But I went and charged my phone early, and then I'm thinking, okay. But then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that sandwich, because I was going to go thinking of munching somewhere else. So I took a bus ride, went back uh, over here, like, by their... I don't know, around two-ish in the afternoon. And then this dude yesterday gave me this, these two things of juice, which again, like, made the bladder shit worse, but at least I kept going in the toilet at this point of night, or a day. That was good, but it was still having to go piss every couple hours. So I was thinking of leaving the, na- going back to the old neighborhood and, Decided not to because I just had to be close to a bathroom. And uh, that was uh, 
so I, I hung out there and tripped out on how fucked up everything is and then again one of those lame uh, one of those lame uh, thugs was fucking with me again like right before I went to get my munchies before I called you like pretty much right after you called like you know telling me either you you know leave what I tell you to leave and go do what I want you to do or, or I'm gonna or I'm gonna hurt you and all this shit you know and I'm gonna tell you what to do and I'm gonna make you go where I want you to go it's like yeah it's, it's bullshit but it, it seems to be that same stupid I don't know it's the same stupid lean people that are just fucking with everybody so I don't know it's uh, pretty fucked up. So the nightmare continues. Things still haven't gotten better. I know a few chicks were talking nice to me, but it still hasn't, you know, it wasn't anything heavy enough. You know, it wasn't like last summer, so it's still like nothing's really getting better. So who knows? And uh, I don't know. That was uh, that was my day. Alright. Sounds like a bit Second. of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. See what bullshit happens later again, which is something else I have to worry about, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. Uh, let's see, I woke up, uh, try, well, actually, I got woken up by the fucking maintenance people coming in and putting a battery in, and then I, they tried to just leave out real quick, and I'm like, nah, man, the fucking outlet by my bed, half of it doesn't work, so could y'all fix that? Okay. And, uh, they took their sweet-ass time doing it, so by the time they got done, mm-hmm. I freaking I was asleep, so I just fucking, they were working, the one dude was working on the fucking thing, and I was just sleeping in the bed. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then I tried to call my friend, you know, to see if he wanted to go to a meeting, and I was gonna pay for his crackhead friend to fucking drive us, cause I don't. I'm not really affected by that since crack was never my drug of choice or something I even tried. Mm-hmm. But, uh. So you only did the snortable kind? Yeah, the snortable. Okay. Although I did smoke it once, though. Okay, was that crack or. or- or, uh... uh it was coke. We, you know, smoked it on tinfoil. Yeah, okay. Which was the highest I ever got off of it. Right on. It's just crazy, because the time I overdosed on it, like, I wasn't that high, you know. I woke up high after I fucking passed out and had a seizure, but... Mm. 
you know, but then, uh, you know, he said, oh, I'll ask my friend. And yesterday he was talking about the guy's probably going to want 20 bucks. And it's like, I yeah, looked, yeah, I looked it up and the place is six miles away that we were going to go to. So it's like I literally looked up like for the average car how much it would cost and it literally says it would cost a dollar or something to drive there. Okay. So I'm just like, dude, that's ridiculous. I'm not paying fucking twenty dollars to drive over there. That's horse shit. Mm. I was gonna pay him twenty bucks to drive me to the job center, but he didn't agree to take me to the meetings, me and the guy to the meetings, so Oh, the fuck well. I still ended up, you know, just going back to sleep. And then, uh, you know, after I went to sleep, I sat up, got up, uh, you know, did some shit. Like, what did I do? Uh, ate another couple more hand sandwiches and, uh, some uh macaroni salad and then talked to my sister took a shower watched legacies then i finally got hit up by my peer support so we went to a meeting and uh, we talked about basically, you know, like people drinking non-alcoholic beverages again, but, you know, people drinking hard seltzer water or whatever that has alcohol in it. And, you know. Okay, but there's a difference between the two, so like... I'm trying to figure out where the dude was going with it. <laughs> Uh, you know, like, he was just talking about, you know, one of the guys was talking about basically being fixated on it and couldn't take his eyes off it during another meeting. Okay. And, you know, basically talking about being triggered. Okay. Like, what was, okay, like, he couldn't, okay, was, was this a Zoom meeting or something? No, it was in person. Okay, so, like, who had some kind of alcohol or whatever? Uh, the person running the meeting at another meeting. Okay, so, like, what was he... What was this dude he couldn't keep his eyes off of? I'm trying to figure this out. The hard seltzer water that had some alcohol in it. Where was it? Sitting next to the person chairing the meeting. Okay, so maybe the two during the meeting is relapsing. It's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they're playing with fire. Maybe, I don't know. But, uh, you know, and then we also talked about how to show your gratitude for your new life and shit like that and how you're grateful to other people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, yeah, that was, well, stopped and got some Mexican food. Stopped in a... Yeah, stopped at a gas station, you know, because mm-hmm. the ATM at Chase Bank wasn't working. Yeah. Like, the fucking touchscreen was broken. Uh. <laughs> So then sat up and went to the gas station ATM and they, you know, some chick, I guess, was laughing at me for some reason. She kept fucking snickering while I was, you know, getting uh, money out the ATM. And the other people working there are like, I don't know what she's snickering about. And I'm like, shit, I don't know either. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm just getting money and I dress pretty well today, you know. Okay, I don't know. But, you know, that was weird. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, got some Mexican food, you know, a burrito. Yeah, got a burrito and a taco. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty much my day. Right on. Cool. Sounds good. Well, welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. I'm Kyle Chaos. Okay, so we're we're starting in, um, InfoWars? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so let's see what their first uh, article is. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, we didn't finish that article yesterday. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So let's go back to the article we were doing uh, yesterday. What was this one again? It was... Uh... Uh, Soviet-level propaganda. White House redefines recession days before release of disastrous GDP numbers. Okay, so if I remember right... It's like the people that are, you know, like the, the Biden administration is saying there isn't a recession, a recession because we still have a high labor market and people haven't gotten fired. Uh, the people on the other side, wherever these other econo- economists are, are saying that there's going to it doesn't matter whether people are employed now, it, it's eventually going to be a heavy recession and people are going to wind up losing their jobs uh, because, uh, I don't know, they're, I'm not sure, I, I think they're just saying, oh, they're going to wind up losing their jobs, and I think that's where it came down to, right? Yeah, I also looked up uh, the topic in another article today, and basically, 
They said either the economy has uh, been shrinking for one quarter and then growing at a rate of 0.5%, or it's been shrinking again for a second uh, quarter. Okay, so it looks like our economy is doing really bad right now. Yeah, because 0.5% growth is pretty much nothing. Yeah. And then I'm trying to find where we were. Uh, keep in mind, Yellen also wrongly predicted last year that inflation would be transitory. Mm-hmm. One Twitter user pointedly noted that the Biden administration's effort to change the definition of recession just before bleak GDP numbers are released is Soviet-level propaganda. Um, yeah, it could be. I don't know. I mean, I think there's other things the administration did that's more like Soviet propaganda, but okay. Okay. I mean. The Biden administration is redefining recession in an effort to avoid political backlash. It's not a recession if you change the definition of recession. Soviet-level propaganda from a Soviet-level regime. Okay, um, who is this Yellen dude? Like, what's his Janet position? Okay, so what's Janet Yellen's position? She was the one that said that the jobs are growing, so we're not in trouble. Okay, so what does she do for the Biden administration? Uh, Treasury Secretary. Okay, so she's the Secretary of of Treasury that's uh, saying this, this stuff. That's what we're trying to, that's what I was trying to figure out. Okay, um, what else in the article? The Commerce Department will re-release, will release second quarter GDP data on Thursday, which is in two days. Mm-hmm. The Atlanta Federal Reserve has calculated a second quarter growth rate of negative 1.6%. percent mm-hmm. The first quarter growth rate was also negative 1.6%. Okay. Economist Peter Schiff said Friday that once two consecutive quarters of GDP growth are in negative territory, it will be much more difficult for the media and White House to spin a rosy outlook about the economy. Yeah. So, like, the White House is spinning a, is spinning a, a fake, rosy outlook on the economy. From what it looks like so, so, <laughs> so far. When we end up with an even weaker number for the second quarter, that really throws a bunch of cold water in the face of the idea that we have a strong economy. And given how weak the Q3 data already is, we don't have a lot of July data yet. 
but it's starting to come in, and what we've seen is pretty ugly. And it makes a lot of sense that the third quarter would be even weaker than the first two because interest rates are going to be a lot higher in the third quarter than they were back then. Okay. Next week, the Fed is set to raise interest rates 75 basis points. We're going to be up to 2.25 to 2.5%. If we were in recession when interest rates were 0.5 or 1% or 1.5%, think about how much worse that recession is going to be when interest rates are higher. Okay. Given that now the White House and media are changing economic definitions to suit their political needs, it probably won't be long until they start changing the definition of inflation, too. Mm-hmm. The way they, they change the definition of what, too? They're... It probably won't be long until they start changing the definition of inflation, too. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, it could happen. Knowing this administration, it could happen. And then they have a video down at the bottom called The Final Stages of Globalist Something. Okay. Uh... I don't know. Uh, is this part of the same article or a different article? Same article. Okay, so so what are they saying here? It's a six minute and thirty three second video. Okay, let, let's watch the video. $14 billion. That is just about exhausted. In fact, we started our assistance to Ukraine before this war began. We sent Ukraine more security assistance last year, $650 million in weapons, including anti-air and anti-armor equipment, before the invasion. More than we had ever provided before. And once the war started, we immediately rushed $350 million in additional aid to further address their needs. On Saturday, my administration authorized another $200 million to keep a steady flow of weapons and ammunition moving to Ukraine. I'm especially pleased to be able to announce today that the United States will provide an additional $1 billion uh, security assistance package for Ukraine. Democrats demand $650 billion. See how it escalates? It's 60-something billion now, and now it's going to be six. Hundred and fifty billion? Why not? And then you've got Mitt Romney and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and all these people, Republican and Democrat leaders, who are warmongers, the neocons, whose families run the damn companies, the media, the energy, the transportation, the shipyards, everything. The looting is incredible. And again, they're inflating the currency, but they buy up real stuff as it's inflated, then they pass us the debt and the devaluation. I mean, wow, that is a whopper. It's extremely, extremely dangerous situation that we are in right now. The good news is all over the world, people are identifying the globalist plan to collapse the economy by design in their own statements. What can we do together 
to avert a global food catastrophe. To start, we have to understand the forces that have led us to this current precipice, the most existential of which is climate change. And the fact that they have put their politicians and controllers in, in, in every major government, uh, except for communist China and Russia. What we are very proud of now as a young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of uh, Argentina and so on, is that we penetrate the cabinets. Klaus Schwab, the New World Order, brag that they have control of half of the parliaments, half of the cabinets and governments of the world, and that they're getting control of another 30-40%. They are close to having 80-90% control over governments in the world. And they brag they are the corporate global governance. We are, we are making you sell your farms and taking your cows. How dare you riot in the Netherlands? Well, Dutch farmers uh, now are getting uh, angry every day more. Government is not listening. Uh, and what we are fearing for is uh, we have to leave our land. And there's also uh, a deeper agenda behind it. In Holland, they just want to have uh, farmers' land. 62% of the area in uh, in Holland is farmed by farmers. And what they want to do is they want to have the land cheap, so they're making it nature first. And when they have the land in their hands, they can build houses on it. Houses we don't need by Dutch citizens, because average uh, Dutch couple is getting 1.8, 1.9 kids. So what's the problem of the demand for houses that we get uh, 100,000 refugees refugees in the, in this country every year. That's why they have to build houses. So you decide, ladies and gentlemen, you want to roll over to this or you want to get involved. But now is the time to realize we're entering the 12th round right now. Preparewithalex.com hyperlinks preparetoday.com which is run by our great Herbal Foods distributor the great folks yeah that's it okay. he covered a lot of issues in one sweep um, um okay he covered okay the war which is again we, we gotta stop arming the Ukraine we gotta stop doing the sanctions on Russia uh, we got to stop funding this interventionist war that's just helping the rich people get richer, and we got to stop being the cops of the world. Uh, then we got. Uh, uh, then he then he starts talking about uh, somebody saying that part of the food in, the food crisis that we're going through or food insecurity that we're going through is caused by global warming, which is is partially true. But then you got like uh, Holland on the other hand, trying to get rid of a bunch of farms, and I guess they're going to use that to buy, uh, I guess, the government, the the, the uh, Dutch government is going to buy real estate with it? That's kind of scary. Well, it's uh, not scary. You gotta house the new migrants. Yeah, but it's like if other people we're in that land. You can't just dispossess people. I mean, that's kind of similar to what the uh, Israelis did to Palestine. So uh, you gotta take the good with the bad in this situation. No, but in this situation, it's all bad. 
And so, I mean, he's right. The way the globalists are, are controlling that much of the government is really fucked up. Like, part of their agenda is okay, but part, a good chunk of it really sucks. And it, it's really uh, uh, taking away our freedom, which is, is really fucked up. So, overall, this, this segment was... Uh, was pretty good except for him trying to say that uh trying to do something about global warming is was a bad thing or like or kind of pushing that idea but overall what what uh alex jones was saying in this segment was pretty for real so yeah the uh the war sucks and the uh what the globalists are doing and the way they're taking over governments and and uh the way they're they're taking over the different uh, parliaments is pretty screwed up in the way that uh, what's happening in the Netherlands with uh, the farmers uh, possibly having their land taken away and sold uh, for real estate to somebody else like taking people off their land is, is also pretty uh, pretty fucked up you gotta look at it as they're gonna let the jihadists win you know they're gonna let them have land you know, the food market's going to go down. Well, well, it's going to get more expensive. And that's just the way it goes, because this is what you need to do with unchecked immigration, is you have to provide housing for the immigrants. Okay, well, if they get housing, that's one thing. And I got to know, you know, the jihadists are, are at least fighting for things to be better for men in their own countries. Uh, but... Uh, I mean, the real thing of what's going on that's screwed up is just this power grab of government. You know, it's like the, the idea of globalism, again, isn't bad, but in these people's hands, what they're doing with it is, is really screwed up, and it's really all about just taking away everybody's freedom. And, man, that's pretty, that's pretty fucked up. I mean, whether it's to build housing for somebody else, it's like you don't pull, you don't take a bunch of people forcibly off their land, sell all their stuff, and say we're going to give this land to somebody else. That that's really fucked up. But it's for the sake of the Muslims. What movement? I said Muslims. Yeah, but. Uh... You don't force a bunch of other people off of their land to get uh, another group of people there. You, you either build new houses somewhere else or something, but you don't force a bunch of people off their land to do that. I mean, that's what's going to happen to those English people in that small village where they had, you know, wanted to triple the population of the town. Those people are going to leave that land and then they're gonna house those people and then they'll probably, it'll turn into a ghetto, but you know, those rich people aren't gonna stay around those Muslims and shit. Okay, but then that, that'll be like what happened in, in uh, downtown LA in the, in the uh, 70s, or late 60s, 70s. So, but I mean, that, that doesn't bug me as much as, as actually forcing people out of their land. Like, the way England did it didn't bug me as bad as the way the Netherlands is doing it. 
it's the same situation. You're forcing an unsustainable situation. Like, they can't exist without their farmland. And just like how an economy in a small town can't support, you know, like, triple the population, they can't sustain the population that they have, so they have to build housing for them so that their population can be sustained. Okay, but at least over there, they're building new housing for those people. They're building new housing for the people in that British town. They might be, but they're also forcibly uh, taking people... They're not forcing them. ...from the housing they have. They're not forcing them. They're just saying they have to sell all their cows. Okay, no, but that's still forcing the farmers to sell their, you know, like what what they did to make money really for the sake of trying to force everybody to become vegan. Slightly different situation. I don't know. I think they're very different. I think what's happening in the Netherlands and what's happening in England are, are two completely different situations but okay ready to go to the next article okay yeah let's go to the next article ukraine issues blacklist of russian propagandists includes u.s senator and prominent journalists okay uh yeah let's go into this The Ukrainian government has published a list of politicians, academics, and activists who it claims promote Russian propaganda. Absurdly, it includes high American officials, even a sitting U.S. senator, and a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. Okay. A Kyiv government-linked agency called the Ukraine Center for Countering Disinformation released the list earlier this month, identifying figures such as Republican Senator Rand Paul, former Representative Tulsi Gabbard, Democrat Hawaii, military analyst Edward Ludwak, University of Chicago professor, and international relations theorist John Mershmer, and award-winning journalist Glenn Greenwald, formerly of The Intercept, among many others. Mm-hmm. A, uh, num- a number yeah. of notable international names are on the list as well, such as French populist, political leader Marine Le Pen, or even an Ita- Italian general named General Leonardo Tricarico. Who blames Ukraine for Russia's invasion and has urged immediate negotiations to end the war? Some of those on the list, such as Edward Ludwak, have actually loudly supported sending Western arms to Ukraine's military. In Ludwak's case, he was apparently deemed by Ukrainian officials a pro-Russian propagandist merely for proposing a wartime compromise 
of allowing referendums in the breakaway Donetsk and Luhansk regions. Mm-hmm. Um, what else in the article? Uh, according to Unheard, the criteria for making the list has not been revealed. Mm-hmm. So it seems merely straying in any small way from the point of view of Ukrainian leaderships. Leadership gets one branded a pro-Russian propagandist. Mm-hmm. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Glenn Greenwald dismissed the new Ukrainian blacklist as but more standard McCarthyite idiocy. Yeah. Um, what else in the article? War proponents in the West and other functionaries of Western security state agencies have used the same tactics for decades to demonize anyone questioning the foreign policy of the U.S. and NATO. Chief among them going back to the start of the Cold War is accusing any dissidents of spreading Russian propaganda or otherwise serving the Kremlin. That's all this is from the Ukrainians, just standard McCarthyite idiocy. Yeah. Um, what, what else in the article? Greenwald followed with the Ukrainians have the absolute right to pursue whatever war policies they want. But when they start demanding that my country and my government use its resources to fuel their war effort, then I, among with all other Americans, have the absolute right to question that policy or to point out its dangers and risks. I don't care at all about Ukraine's attempts to shut down debate in our country by smearing journalists and politicians who are questioning U.S. NATO policy as being Russian propagandists. That tactic is as inconsequential as it is cheap, tawdry, and discredited. And that's the end of the article. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's really screwed up that you, that uh, Zelensky's government is targeting any, or that, that they're targeting a bunch of journalists that are going against the, or not journalists, journalists, politicians, and other uh, people. Yeah. Intellectuals. That are going, what? Intellectuals. Yeah, that are that are going against, uh, but they're targeting people that are going against NATO policies and against the our uh, country's in, involvement in this interventionist war uh, in the Ukraine uh, as as like enemies of the state or whatever, or enemies of uh, you know like putting them on a blacklist. That's that's really lame. Come on, cow chaos. You gotta support the war effort. No, well, you know, you know I'm not supporting the war effort. But that's it. They're saying, 
like to so many people, oh, because you're not supporting our war effort, that means you're really a propagandist for Putin. And that's not the way to, there are certain people that probably are propagandists for Putin, but just because you're going against the war and going against NATO policy doesn't make you a, be a Putin propagandist. And Ukraine is kind of putting a bunch of people on a blacklist of, oh, you're, you're, you're uh, a Putin propagandist when they're just going against the war and going against NATO policies. And then the next article is watch Kamala's pronouns are she and her. She is a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Okay. Okay. I'm just. Um, so I think that's just pointing out how silly she is. Okay, but I'm trying to figure out where their angle is. Like, what are they actually talking about? Harris looks like a total idiot while appeasing woke culture in latest abysmal appearance. Okay. Uh, what else is in the article? Nearly every public appearance by Kamala Harris turns out to be disaster, and her latest is no exception. Okay. In a tone more suitable for speaking to a child, Harris divulged her full name, the color of her dress, her pronouns, and her gender identity during a White House roundtable with disability advocates Tuesday. Okay, so this is all about talking to disability advocates but yeah she wants to I mean I don't get this all like everybody when they say who they are are supposed to say what pronouns they want to use and and what else what color her suit is okay well that doesn't matter about anything but what was the other stuff she said Harris divulged her full name, the color of her dress, her pronouns, and her gender identity. I mean, okay, the only thing that's, I mean, I don't know, it's just weird that she has to say, okay, what were the last two things? Pronouns and gender identity. Yeah, like that, she has to say pronouns and gender identity is just... It's getting ridiculous that you have to say that before you start every damn uh, meeting or every every damn speech you do. That's kind of ridiculous. So, okay, that's just being ridiculous. So, I don't know. Should we go to the next article or where's your head at? Yeah, we should go to the next one. But like I have adopted saying, go woke, go broke. Okay, well, that just sounds like a cheesy kind of Republican saying. I, I don't... The term woke isn't a really bad term, but I mean, that, that just sounds like a really cheesy Republican slogan. I'm not going to say that. That's just, uh, but when people get ridiculous in, I don't know, like we're, we're always supposed to mention whatever our fucking pronoun is and whatever our, our, our gender identity is, 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 it's getting ridiculous when you when you go that far with it. Yeah, I was looking at Facebook dating before the podcast started, and 
They won't even give me the option of listing what my sex is. Well, then how the hell, I mean, how the hell do you find out who you're talking to then? You know, like, whether they're really a man or a woman. Like, uh, I guess it only works based on what you're looking for. Okay, so how does it work when you say what you're looking for? Uh, it just says, like, are you looking for a man, woman, or everyone? Okay, well, that's, that's still saying that you're looking for, you know, that you're looking for a, a woman or whatever, so they, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's, uh, if it's, if that means they're making anything worse by the way they're doing it. It's fucked up that they won't let you say you're a man or a woman. Um, yeah, no, that is kind of weird. Like, why can't you say what you are? That's kind of weird, yeah. I mean, like, are you always, like, every time you talk to someone, do you always have to ask, you know, were you assigned male at birth, or were you assigned female at birth, or, you know, not male, because I don't talk male, you know, were you assigned female, like, do you really have to ask a woman every time you talk to them, were you assigned female at birth? <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah, I think that's going to become something that needs to be asked, because... You know, with that logic, like some of those uh, trans are saying, is like, oh, if you don't want to sleep with a trans woman, you're a homophobe. Then it's like, do they really like? It's like uh, gay dudes, you know, having sex with uh, other gay dudes without telling them they're they have AIDS. It's like the same fucking thing. Are they really going to sit up and be honest if you ask them, like, are they a woman at birth or whatever? I don't know. I mean, you hope they would. I mean, it's like because when you see them and, you know, the moment comes, they take off their clothes and, and uh, they have a dick and balls and you're thinking you're, you're with a chick, then you're going to know, hey, get the fuck out of my house. What if they have a Build-A-Bear pussy? No, then you're really screwed. And then doctor files $25 million lawsuit against Houston Hospital for smearing her as dangerous overviews on ivermectin vaccine mandates. Okay, right on you. Uh, let's, I think we should go in. I don't know. Where's your head at on this? I think we should go into it a little. Yeah, you know, we should definitely go into this. So yeah, yeah, let's go into into the let's go into the article. I am being punished for speaking about what I am seeing firsthand. I have now treated over 4,000 COVID-19 patients, and every single one of them who has received early treatment has stayed out of the hospital and survived. And no one has had any adverse repercussions from being from my treatment, says Dr. Mary Bowden. 
Okay. A Texas MD is suing Houston Methodist Hospital for revoking her medical privileges after sharing her views of ivermectin and vaccine mandates on social media. Mm-hmm. That's really fucked up. Okay, what'd they do to her again? They took away her medical privileges. No, well, that's what, I mean, that's as fucked up as uh, when they were taking away uh, um, medical licenses from people that were recommending uh, medical marijuana back in around 2002. So, yeah, that that's really fucked up that because you're not because you're prescribing people the treatment that works rather than what the government's line on what you can prescribe somebody is that they're going to take away your medical license. That's, that's, uh, that really, to me, just ranks up there with the people that got their licenses taken away for recommending uh, medical marijuana. It's uh, really fucked up. I mean, you shouldn't have your license taken away because you recommend uh, medical marijuana, and you shouldn't have your license taken away because you recommend uh, 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 ivermectin or, or uh, hydrochloric, what is it, hydrochlorazine, what do they call that? Hydroxychloroquine. Or, yeah, hydroxychloroquine. It's hard to remember the names of this stuff, but uh, I know the names of this stuff. But you shouldn't be have your license taken away because you're doing a treatment that a lot of people says that works, but that some people uh, question. Dr. Mary Bowden filed a 19-page lawsuit against the hospital seeking $45 million in damages, claiming they defamed her and damaged her reputation as a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. The way they came after me was unprofessional, unprecedented, against the spirit of bylaws of their bylaws, Bowden said. I agree with her. I agree with Dr. Bowden on this one. They shouldn't have taken her license away. That's that's really fucked up. And then they got a video over. Okay. Yeah, let's watch the video. The way they came after me, though, was unprofessional, unprecedented, against the spirit of bylaws, of their bylaws. Dr. Mary Bowden, who made national headlines last year, is referring to Houston Methodist Hospital. I was proud to get privileges there. It's very sad what they have become. The ENT doctor who runs her own private practice and says she has treated over 4,000 patients with COVID-19 will be filing a $25 million defamation lawsuit against Methodist Hospital. In November, she resigned from the hospital after her privileges were suspended because of her views on vaccines and early treatment for COVID-19. Trying my best to help the people that needed help and Methodist came out against me in a very public and vicious way. They implied that I was dangerous, uh, which as a physician is uh, leaves a permanent scar on your record, on your reputation. Dr. Bowden began sharing her opinions on Twitter, including her view that vaccine mandates are wrong and says Methodist 
retaliated against her in an unprecedented manner. The lawsuit refers to a series of tweets from Houston Methodist that say Dr. Bowden's opinions about the COVID-19 vaccine and treatments which are harmful to the community do not reflect reliable medical evidence. And Dr. Bowden is spreading dangerous misinformation which is not based in science. For them to imply that what I'm doing is dangerous is the epitome of misinformation. We did reach out to Methodist Hospital tonight for a comment, but have not heard back. Dr. Bowden and her attorney plan to hold a press conference tomorrow. Reporting live from the Medical Center, I'm Rochelle Turner, KPRC 2 News. Yeah, that's the end of it. That's pretty screwed up uh, what uh, this, I mean, is it the hospital that's doing it or the government? Hospital. Okay, well, okay, at least this isn't the government doing it, but it's uh, still screwed up that this hospital's pulling Dr. Bowden's license and, and not letting her work at the, at the hospital. I wonder what she's going to do now. I wonder if she's going to try to work at a different hospital or what? Uh, she started a private practice. Okay, so she's being smart. She's going into private practice, and, and uh, she's uh, she'll probably be more successful that way. Um, anyway, so let's go to the next article. Um, we got eight minutes left. Okay, yeah, so we probably got enough time for one or two more articles in this segment. Communist scientists who advocated masks and lockdowns forever given top job at World Health Organization. Yeah, I bet that's that's what they do. So, yeah, they hire the people that push their... Uh, and what, what did this do? Uh, yeah, they, they hire the people that push uh, the thing that gives uh, those governments more power. And, and uh, you know, the World Health Organization is... is Really, a group of unelected officials you now that are, are uh, had, have had a huge amount of power in this country, and of course they're going to reward their own people, which is is pretty screwed up. Um, I don't know. Where's your head on, on this article? Because I'm thinking it's going to be important just to hear. Um, I don't know, like if somebody's going to make comments on how these people are, are, are rewarding their own people when they're pushing this this uh, power grab by these unelected officials and other people in the government. And where's your head at? Yeah, I think it's worth going into. Yes, yes. let's see what's in the article. There are the types, these are the types of people being appointed to rule over the lives of the average person. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I saw a story about how Dr. Fauci is now claiming that he never said there should be lockdowns. That's a lie. I, re- I mean, I remember him pushing this idea over and over again. So that's a, a lie right within itself for anybody that's experienced history. You can't, like, I'm sure there's got to be a bunch of recorded tapes of him saying this kind of shit. How could he say he didn't say it? 
I mean, there's recorded tapes of Fauci saying this kind of shit. How can he say, oh, I didn't really push for this? Yeah, you did. There's a bunch of recorded tapes of it. A bunch of recorded, uh, you know, information of it. A bunch of recorded interviews that have you saying it. I don't know. It's like when I look at Google, like every few months, shit that I used to be able to search, I can't search it anymore. Well, I mean, you probably can't find it at Google. You probably got to find it through other sources that aren't, you know, putting, because I mean, that's the thing with Google is Google puts everything through a memory hole. You know, like if they want everybody to forget that something happened in history, it's like the book 1984. They put it through the memory hole and then it doesn't become part of history. So you've got to get your history somewhere else other than through Google or through Facebook or one of these uh, censored internet sources, because otherwise they're going to erase history uh, when they want to change history. And then, I mean, this is really what Orwell was prophesying in, in 1984. Yeah, probably. But I remember just like yesterday, like or earlier today, I was trying to find the story where Pete Booty Judge has said he was breastfeeding his baby. But then when I searched it today, all I could find is Tucker Carlson saying that he was uh, breastfeeding his baby, and it was a bunch of attack articles. That's what I mean. So it's like the only way to find this stuff isn't through Google or through any of these censored Internet sources. You'd have to look, unfortunately, probably you'd have to look through like a conservative news source because everybody else is is censoring this out which is sad because you know it's like the same thing with the certain stories uh you know the, the stories that the conservative news sources are censoring out you can only find that part of the truth through liberal news sources so it's 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 very screwed but but the internet and google the internet's doing more censorship than anybody else uh, but it's kind of uh, when you want to find the truth you have to look and go okay which type of news source you know which news source is telling the truth on this on this type of story you know and in some stories the conservative press is telling more of the truth and in certain stories the liberal press is telling more of the truth and it's 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 sad that you have to decide okay who's probably telling me the truth so then I have to go to their sources to find out where the original comments were made. So you probably got to go to a, a conservative news source to find the speech where Pete Buttigieg is, is, is saying in his interview that he's breastfeeding his, his uh, baby that he adopted. Anyway, uh, what else in the article? Huh, I went to Bing and I found an article about the Sharia law thing. Okay. And what's this one? 
Uh, well, let me see something that's not from an org. Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. And I'm Kyle Chaos. And, uh, we... We managed to go to Bing, you know, because Kyle Chaos gave me an idea to get my, you know, information from another, you know, search engine. You know, he didn't suggest it, but it gave me the idea because I remembered that Bing never declared itself a censor of the world. And it's like probably the second biggest engine behind Google. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not paying for GoDaddy's search engine, so they can fuck off. Okay. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, the story is from BareNakedIslam.com. Michigan, home to the first city in America ruled by Sharia law, and it was written January 22nd, 2022. Okay. And then it says, of course, it isn't officially Sharia law that will rule the city of Hamtrak. Well, Hamtramck. But with an all-Muslim government running this Muslim-majority city, can elements of Sharia be far behind? Okay, so it hasn't happened yet. They're just like, could they really be making this happen since they're all Muslim? That doesn't mean it's really happening. Mm, like a whole freaking city, like that's what they're saying. Yeah, you no, know, but that just means that the p- people that are in there are Muslim. It doesn't mean that they're running everything by Sharia law. We'll see. Okay. And a lot of supposition on this one. It may be, but. Usually when they get in majority in places, they usually do whatever the fuck they want. No, I mean, I think that's only in, in Middle Eastern countries that that happens. I don't think that happens when Muslims get into Europe or, or the United States. I don't think that happens. That's exactly what they're doing in places like France. They're attacking the cops whenever you try and arrest one of theirs. Right on. That's different than the than the law saying, you know, like in Middle Eastern countries that where they're saying that the law of the country has to be the law of, of their religion. That's exactly what they're doing because they're not following the laws of the land they're living in. Okay, the people are not following the laws of the land they're living in. The government is not changing the laws. <laughs> So you don't think that they're just living under Sharia there and they haven't made it official yet? No, I don't think they're living under Sharia there and they haven't made it official yet. Well, they got a video on this. Okay, let's watch the video. Well, it's text. Okay. And this is from a Muslim website. Okay. Yemeni-born Amir Ghalib leads an all-Muslim city council. Okay. 
to become the first all-Muslim-led government in the U.S. Governing the city of Hamtramck. Okay. The council include an American-born revert... who was sworn in alongside the newly elected members. Okay. Adam Albarmaki and Khalil Rafai This city is a multicultural and multi-religious city. The immigrants okay. make up the vast majority of the city's this city's population. Mm-hmm. Amir Galib, the mayor of Hamtrak, said. Hamtrak. Okay. The new mayor promised to improve safety. And working with higher levels of government. Mm-hmm. To address crime. Okay. And that's the end of it. Okay, so again, they're not making the country run by Sharia law. It just means that the majority of the people in the, uh, or the, the uh, city council there is all Muslims. Communist scientists who advocated masks and lockdowns forever given top job at World Health Organization. Okay, so I, I thought we were like, I thought we finished this one. Like, because we're, we're just like, okay, these unelected officials are just helping each other. Are, are helping the people that, that, that help them get their power, get a, you know, the highest job. That's um, what they're doing, but that was only the beginning of it. Okay, okay, okay. Let, let's go into the article then. Uh, British professor named Susan Mitchie, who has been a member of the Communist Party of Britain for years, has been appointed to the chair of the World Health Organization's Behavioral Advisory Group. God, that's a scary government uh, behavioral advisory. Nothing is scarier than that shit. That's pretty fucked up. Just the idea that you really have a part of the government that's doing that, telling people how to behave. Like, what a bunch of shit. And then they got a video on it that's four minutes. Okay, let's watch the video. Go 
seems to have trouble playing. Let's try this again. A British communist scientist who wanted face masks to be worn forever has been handed an influential role at the World Health Organization. A long-standing member of the Communist Party of Britain and Labour donor was yesterday made chair of the WHO's Behavioral Advisory Group. That's right, the Behavioral Advisory Group. She will advise the organization on how to boost compliance with vaccine rollouts and other interventions that help shape national health policy. Isn't that incredible? Open communists who call for masks forever and restrictive Chinese style wield you into your apartment and kill your dog Chinese lockdowns has now been given an influential position as leader of the WHO's Behavioral Advisory Committee. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be joined by Michael Graves in the third hour. We'll take your phone calls with him, and we'll go to your phone calls here momentarily. This story just popped up uh, from a few hours ago on Daily Mail. Let me, let me let me lead it up to you. Don't show it yet. Don't don't spoil this. I just let's let's build this up, okay? There is a woman. There's a woman named Professor Susan Mitchie, and we've covered her here on this show because of the statements that she made during COVID. She's a UK scientist. She famously called for masks and social distancing to remain, quote, forever in an interview with Channel 5 last year and regularly spouted alarmist predictions on BBC News, which sparked questions about the broadcaster's objectivity. There were concerns about her conflict of interest when it emerged. She was simultaneously a member of the government's SAGE committee and a leading figure in an independent pressure group that called for Chinese-style lockdowns. Miss Mitchie was said to have been named Stalin's nanny by her contemporaries at Oxford University because of her radical views. So this woman who caused a stir calling for lockdowns and masks forever in the UK, an open and avowed communist who wanted Chinese-style lockdowns for Western countries. Why is she in the news today? Well, because she has now been given a top job at the World Health Organization. That's right, folks. A British communist scientist who wanted face masks to be worn forever has been handed an influential role at the World Health Organization. A long-standing member of the Communist Party of Britain and Labour donor was yesterday made chair of the WHO's Behavioral Advisory Group. That's right, the Behavioral Advisory Group. She will advise the organization on how to boost compliance with vaccine rollouts and other interventions that help shape national health policy. Isn't that incredible? Open communists who call for masks forever and restrictive Chinese style wield you into your apartment and kill your dog Chinese lockdowns has now been given an influential position as leader of the WHO's Behavioral Advisory Committee. So she will now be setting policy as an unelected member of the global government. This is what the New World Order looks like, folks. Yeah, what was this woman's name? If you're like myself and so many other people on this planet, especially uh, uh, Susan Mitchie. Yes, yeah, so Susan Mitchie is a really lame. Uh, 
WHO member who's an unelected uh, health official in England uh, who wants uh, this Chinese communist style uh, oppression to go on forever. And of course, they're putting her in this scary titled position of behavioral, what was it, behavioral... Behavioral Advisory Group. The Behavioral Advisory Group, which is a scary enough title within itself. Anyway, so, I, I don't know. Susan Michi, you suck. And That's just, it. you know, this is global governance at its finest, you know. Well, this is the un- unelected official part of it. So, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. So, yeah, let, let's go to the next article. So it would be better if they had the same policies but were elected. No, I mean, it would be better if they just didn't have these policies at all. But it's like the World Health Organization has now shown itself to be more about uh, grabbing power and controlling everybody and taking away everybody's freedom than they are about health nowadays. So, of course, they're going to they're just a fucked up part of the government that because they're unelected officials and don't have to don't have to answer to anybody that votes for them they can kind of they try to keep their bullshit going and, and uh, they hire their own people and, and uh, give their own people top really lame jobs and it's just pretty screwed up I mean, just all these policies that they advocate should have never happened in the first place. Like, none of these health restrictions should have ever happened anywhere around the world. Anyways, uh, let's go to the next article. A Swiss reggae band canceled because white members have dreadlocks. Okay, that's stupid. Why would you cancel a a band because of that? So yeah, let's go into this. A reggae band from Switzerland was canceled in the middle of a concert after attendees complained about cultural appropriation by white members of the group who had dreadlocked hair, according to reports. Okay, that's really lame. I mean, the political correct people have gotten that lame that you can't adopt some some other culture's look as your own look you know you, you know even if you see it as your own look because it came from another culture i mean this is like political correctness gone way too far that's that's just lamer than lame i don't know should, uh, should we go to the next article or where's your head at yeah okay but that's really lame Whoever, 
Whoever's giving people crap about this because of political correctness, this is just fucking lame. Hey, man, this is the go woke, go broke. (laughs) No, but this isn't even woke anymore. This is like, this is just like a, 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 uh, I'm trying to think what you call it. It's like an over-legalistic bullshit way of looking at things. How is it legal? It's like they're going... Okay, if if you're a white person and your look is having dreadlocks, it doesn't matter. You can't have, have your band be played because you're a white person who has dreadlocks. That, that's it's, it's just getting. This is where political correctness is just going really ridiculous. This is the woke agenda taken to the extreme. Soon enough, they'll say you can't play reggae because you're not black. You know, that's what I mean. It's like they're taking all this to, they're taking it too far to the extreme. I mean, but they, they started semi taking it too far to the extreme at some point in the 80s. But damn, in the past, uh, six years they've taken it way 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 to the extreme it's just it's getting really ridiculous well they they well in uh 2016 i think it was they politically mauled that white chick that was working for the naacp they claimed that she was black okay but that was it's like it's somebody who's not black saying they're black i get that but when you're just like doing what's your look, uh, and yes, it comes from another culture, and you're and you're saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, your band can't play because your look comes from another culture, and you're not from that culture." That's just getting lame. I mean, that's what that chick did. She got super tan, curled up her hair. But the problem was that she was saying that she was black and she wasn't. Mm, I think she deserved to pass because she was in the trenches helping the black cause. Yeah, I'm gonna get it, but then why, you know, like why not admit that you're not black if you know if you're not black? It's that woke ideology of claiming you're whatever gender and. You claiming you you identify as blind and throwing bleach in your eyes so you can be blind and shit. Yeah, no, it's like it, it's getting a bit ridiculous. I think if she would have been outed this year for that, it would have been a lot less nutty for her if you know she had been outed now. I don't know. I mean, I think that because it was the Republican media that, that got on this and gave her the most shit over it. And so I, I still think the Republican media would have done the same thing they did uh, six years ago now. Nah, pretty much both sides of the media shitted on her. Okay. Because she got removed from her job and shit like that. 
Okay. So the NAACP fired her. Yeah. So who knows? Anyway, let's uh, let's go to the next article. Uh, let me check how much longer we got. Uh, we got six minutes left in Infowars. Okay. Conflict of interest. Dr. Simone Gold sentenced to jail by judge she allegedly turned down for a date in college. Okay, and what was she sentenced for? She's a January 6th attendee. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, as much as I, I, I don't like how these dudes, how these people are getting sentenced for, for what they're doing, it's like, I don't know, I, I probably would never be in that position in the first place, but... I could see, like, if I had, if I was able to be in the position of being able to uh, fuck with some some uh, chick who said no to me, I probably would. <laughs> That's more than fucking with her. He sentenced her to two months in prison. I don't know, you know, like, if I could make something like that happen to some chick who said no to me when I wanted sex, I probably would. Super petty. When it comes to that, I'm going to be petty. I really am. Imprisonable offenses turning Kyle Chaos down. Hell yeah. Uh, And she's the founder of America's Frontline Doctors and Common InfoWars guest. Yeah, no, I mean... It's fucked up because of, like, who she is. But again, if I was in that position, I probably would do that. I'm not going to bullshit. I'm not going to pretend like I'd be a saint in that position. It's like, shit, I have a chance to get revenge against some chick who turned me down. I mean, you know how, how I fantasize about this every fucking day, man. It's like this dude actually had, to, had a chance to do what I fantasize about every fucking day. Any party. I know. I When it comes to this shit, I'm going to be petty. I really am. Alright, ready to go to the next article? Okay, let's go to the next article. Oh, yeah. TV host collapses during UK Prime Minister debate. Well, okay, that's pretty freaky. I mean, I wonder if there's any angle you can put on that, but okay, I'd uh, I guess we'll, I don't know, look at it a little bit. See if there is an angle on it. I don't think you can really put an angle on that, but I don't know. Let's see what they do with this. Well, they're not saying what she collapsed from. Okay, but it just happened. Yeah. Um, did they say anything that gives this story an angle? Because, like, why is this, why are they covering this? Uh, 
And just because the debate got canceled. Okay, so is the main thing the debate got canceled, and was there any reason why people wanted to cancel the debate for other reasons besides this? Well, they're theorizing that she got vaccinated, and that's why she fainted. Okay, okay, that's what this is about. Um, okay, um, should we go into this, or where's your head at? Nah. Okay, let's go to the next article. Americans willing to give up air conditioning to fight global warming. Um, okay, if you really want to suffer that much. Hey, this is like those Christians whipping themselves on the back for Jesus. Yeah, very similar, very similar. That is kind of ridiculous. Um, I don't know, you want to go more into this or go to the next article? I think it's more of a passing footnote. Okay, yeah, let's go to the next article. I don't want to answer that Democrat Representative Cory Bush refuses question about second term for Biden. Okay, I mean, does he do something for Biden's administration or is he just a congressperson? I'd rather you not ask that question. Squad member tells reporters she's got to be a chick. Um, I don't know if that's a chick or not, but uh, could be. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. The thumbnail but, of the article is a black chick. Okay, so it is a woman. Or she is a woman. So... I mean, but she's just a Congress a congressperson can't answer for whatever the president's going to do. Or, or are they asking her if Biden is running or whether he should run, according to her? She won't say whether she supports Joe Biden running for a second presidential term. Okay. I mean, I don't get why you wouldn't answer that question as someone... But I don't know, maybe she's too tied to the Democratic Party. You know, she's trying who, to play the game. Uh, she's trying to play the game. Yeah, no, it is a lame game of politics. So it's kind of... Uh, Ocasio-Cortez did the same thing. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, as someone who doesn't like most of the candidates... <laughs> in either one of the major parties, I'm, like, going to be the easy, you know, the first one to say, like, all these candidates seem to be pushing for the same corporate agenda, and therefore I can't support them. So I don't know why somebody like a, a, an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or, or a, a, a Cory Booker can't say that. And next thing you know, Elon Omar will be tight-lipped about it. I hope not. I mean, I just, I hope somebody is willing to say when the Democrats are acting like they're just uh, serving the big corporations to say, I'm not going to support this person because they're serving the big corporations.
I think they don't know where his ship is gonna sail, so they're keeping their lips shut. Yeah, maybe that is what's going on, but that's like, when you're in that position, when you can't answer a question like that, then you're too tied to the party you're, you're in, and you're like too much of a slave to the party you're in. You're not being an individual, you're being a party member. I'd agree. And should we go to the next article, or where's your head at? Time to go to Google. Okay, okay, so uh, let's see what the Googlies have to say. The Googly-eyed bastards. Mm. Right, how much how much time do we got on the segment? Uh, 31 and a half minutes. Okay, so we got a, enough time to cover a bunch of articles. Yeah, the first story is Trump conduct conversations part of Justice Department investigation. Okay. Um, Yeah, let's go into this. Yep, another Justice Department criminal probe. Mm-hmm. Into Trump. Again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of been going on forever. <laughs> People familiar with the probe said investigators are examining the former president's conversations and have seized phone records of top aides. Okay. People familiar with the probe know how painful it is to have it shoved up your ass. <laughs> yeah, they're shoving it up Trump's ass again to make him look bad. I mean, he, he's had so many anal probes, it's not even funny. I mean, you're just waiting for that spaceship to come out of Trump's ass after all these anal probes. And it's the government, so it's like TSA giving them the finger up the ass. Well, it's it's like it's like they're all space aliens. Like Trump's a space alien, and, and all these government people that are, well, you're a part of us. So if we're doing it to the to the people that are to the other people that we're we're doing it to uh, uh, that we're abducting, you know, if we're doing it to our abductees, we have to also do it to uh, the other space aliens like yourself. Or maybe, you know, maybe he is an, ad, an, an, an abductee. You know, maybe, maybe these other Congress people are really space aliens and and, uh, and uh, Trump's been abducted. So I'm sorry, we're going to have to give you the anal probe. This is what we do to everybody we abduct onto the flying saucer. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing personal. Nothing personal. This is going to hurt a lot. You might have a spaceship uh, coming out of your ass and a bunch of cameras coming out of your ass you know you'll think you're taking a shit and then a, a damn huge ass camera comes out or something <laughs> yeah that's probably how it goes down yeah but uh the justice department is investigating president donald trump's actions as part of its criminal probe of efforts to overturn the 2020 election results. 
See, now I'm just thinking, like, all the different politics, you know, like, how many times Mike Pence had to, had to lick, lick Trump's asshole. Now it's like, yes, uh, he got a chance to lick it. Now us space aliens have a chance to probe it. Well, yeah. you gotta lick it before you stick it. It's like, Mike Pence got to lick it. Now us space aliens get to stick it. And when we stick that anal probe in you, it's gonna hurt. Now this anal probe might look a lot like a dildo, but trust us, it's it's a, it's scientific. It looks like a dildo, but it's a very giant dildo, so that means it's gonna make your ass bleed a lot more when it's coming in and going out. Prosecutors who are questioning witnesses before a grand jury, including two top aides to Vice President Mike Pence have said in recent days about conversations with Trump, his lawyers, and others in his inner circle who sought to substitute Trump allies for certified electors from they, some they states. Be, they might be friends of Pence that are like trying to get revenge after all the times that Pence had to lick his asshole. It's like, okay, now it's time for his revenge. We're going to help him here. And this is where it pisses me off when people start speaking on the condition of anonymity like somebody's supposed to believe them. Okay. Ready to go to the next article? Okay. I mean, did they actually say anything? Because I didn't really learn anything from this article. Really. Well, we know what the investigation is about. Okay, what's it about? Because I'm confused. I didn't get that. Saying Trump tried to overturn the 2020 election results. Okay, but doesn't everybody know he tried to do that? I mean, isn't that already common knowledge? But they're trying to say that he illegally did it. Um, I think he did everything legal he could to try and do it, and it didn't work. Same here. I don't think he illegally did it. He just did everything legal he could uh, to try and do it, and it didn't work. Okay, but they're not telling us anything else in this article. Like what they think they have on it. It's not nothing new. Okay. Should we go to the next article then? Well, the only thing new is saying Trump gave his lawyers and advisors fake... Well, Trump gave his lawyers instructions Trump gave his lawyers and advisors about fake electors and sending electors back to the states, the people said. Okay, he's saying this to lawyers. And advisors. Okay, I mean, do the lawyers and advisors know whether any of this shit is true or not at this point? So I remember when I was first hearing about this shit, I was trying to figure out whether what they were saying was true. I was like listening to the, the, I remember I was listening to the Republican talk shows and, and 
going, okay, do these dudes have anything that's real that they're talking about? And I'd listen to it for like an hour or two and decide, okay, no, they don't have anything real they're talking about. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like everything that they've been bringing up besides the motorcade bullshit is public knowledge for over a year that they brought up in the January 6th hearing. They've just tried to make it look worse than it is. Yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. So yeah, guys, should we go to the next article? Yeah. Okay, let's go to the next article. Trump paints a grim picture and Pence tries to look ahead in dueling DC speeches. Okay, uh, yeah, let's go into this. Yeah, it's rare that Google references NPR. Yeah, okay. Hours after his former number two and possible 2024 primary rival gave a speech outlining a roadmap for conservative leaders, former President Trump delivered a grim and rambling speech about violent crime in his first appearance in D.C. since he skipped Joe Biden's Inauguration Day ceremony. Okay, so he's kind of pushing the same thing that most of the Republicans are pushing to try and end uh, prison reform, and uh, to try and end the... Uh... He created the prison reform. I don't think that's what he's trying to do. I don't know. If everybody's pushing this, oh, crime is so horrible, like, what else are they trying to do besides end prison reform? Make it a leap without evidence. Okay, but I mean, this seems to be what the Republicans have been doing, like, since, uh, really before this election, before the, uh, uh, June election. Like, Trump has been defending his legacy ever since he left the White House. Like, he never backed down on vaccines. I don't think he's gonna back down on crime reform, just to try and tarnish his own legacy. Okay. I mean, I just don't get why he's pushed, because it's the same thing. All the Republicans are pushing the same thing. And it doesn't seem to be for any other reason but to to, to uh, end the prison reform that happened. We need all, an all-out effort to defeat violent crime in America and strongly defeat it. And be tough and be nasty and be mean if we have to. Yeah, this sounds like typical Republican shit and and pretty much like what they were doing back in the time of uh, even uh, George W. Bush, really. See, and this is where fucking they go out of their way to lie. Okay. Fucking NPR sitting up saying, 
uh, Trump said in remarks to the America First Policy Institute, not far from where he delivered a speech on January 6, 2021, in which he encouraged supporters he knew were armed to march on the U.S. Capitol to stop the counting of electoral votes. It's like they sit up and they lie so hard. Yeah, and on that one, I think that's that's kind of, yeah, that, that's very, I don't think they're telling the truth on that one. Our country is now a cesspool of crime, he said Tuesday. That's an over-dramatization. What is it? I said that's an over-dramatization. Yeah, no, that, I mean, this, this sounds like your typical bullshit Republican speech that could have happened during the time of of, uh, Reagan and Bush except for it's it's done in more like simple language they're they're just taking like what Bush and Reagan would have done in complicated language and and he's saying in simpler language we have blood, death and suffering on a scale once unthinkable because of the Democratic Party's effort to destroy and dismantle law enforcement all throughout America. Again, this sounds like trying to take down prison reform. I don't know how you can interpret this any other way. How's that prison reform when he's talking about dismantling law enforcement? Because what's the response to when they say, oh, they're dismantling law enforcement? Oh, that means we got to start rounding up people like we were doing back uh, how many years ago again? That has nothing to do with prison reform. No, I think that's what it's all about. Trump detailed his set of policy prescriptions to combat the bleak picture of American society he painted calling for police squad cars to be parked on every corner. Well, that's weird and scary. Exactly. This is just total Nazi bullshit. This is police state bullshit that Trump is is advocating. Yeah, that is pretty police state. Yeah. Moving the homeless out of cities to large... To large parcels of inexpensive land in the outer reaches of the cities. Okay, doesn't that sound like taking people like me to a goddamn concentration camp? Yeah. If they have fences around it. This sounds like the opposite of prison reform. That depends on if they're allowed to leave or not. I mean, if they're they're saying we're going to take you to a place that's uh, far away from every other part of the city, that sounds like you're not allowed to leave once you get there. Leap in logic. No, I don't think there's a leap in logic. I mean, when he's saying that kind of shit, that is scary as fuck. Like, that's basically giving someone free land. Mm, no, I don't think that's free land. That's government land that they control. 
Well, you ain't got to worry about getting kicked off of it. It doesn't matter if you're in a place that's more like a prison than where you're at. That's a fucked up situation. That's if it's like a prison. I don't see how it wouldn't be like a prison. The way he's describing it, this kind of sounds like putting people in a concentration camp. If they have fences and guards and aren't allowed to leave, then it would be. Okay, well, I I tend to think that's what he's advocating. I think I tend to think that's what Trump's advocating here, and that's pretty damn scary. Imposing the death penalty on convicted drug dealers. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very police, like all fucked up shit that Trump's advocating. Like, he's going full on, like, I don't even, that's not even Nazi. Like, that's fucking, I don't know what to call that. No, that's definitely Nazi. It's like, all you motherfuckers working in, like, peer support is, like, in my job, like, a lot of people are former drug dealers. Hell, I'm a former drug dealer. I wasn't convicted. But God damn, you like nigga all the convicted drug dealers. <laughs> yeah, no, like I'm saying, this is the opposite of prison reform. This is what Trump is advocating. It's pretty fucked up. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, that is horrible. He actually thinks he's gonna get reelected talking this shit. Uh. Um, I, the, the scary thing is, all the Republicans are kind of talking this kind of shit, and, and they they have a good chance of getting reelected because of this bullshit. I mean, this is the the state of what the the majority of people in our country are like. You know, this this is uh, why I. See the majority of people in our country as obstacles to the world of freedom we want to live in that that uh, I really think need to be killed off. This is extreme, even by my standards. Well, yeah, by your standards, yeah, but by Republican standards, no. I don't see how like I like nigga. This should be a battleship sinker. Like this speech. Like, I gotta say, fuck the Republicans. If they, like, support, you know, a cop on every corner and death penalty for drug dealers, they're out of their fucking minds. Yeah. And reinstating stop and frisk policies. Nah, nah, you might be right. You might be right. I told you. I told you, Trump's trying to end... Uh, prison reform, like everything he's advocating is completely fucked up. And there ain't no benefits to stop and frisk. That was yeah, a racist yeah. policy. Yeah, yeah. He's going full on fucking Nazi on this. Yeah, yeah. Like, let me send this to my sister, because this shit is wild, nigga. <laughs> Like, he probably would have did this shit if he got a second term. I didn't think he was capable of saying some shit this stupid. 
No, this is what the big corporations want. I ain't never heard an American politician talk this extreme. Like, well, not in my lifetime. Well, besides, like, the... Well, like, that's the thing. Like, even Obama, like, he didn't come out and say the wild shit he wanted to do. He just passed yeah. laws that did the wild shit that he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm texting my sister real quick. Okay. And Trump is wilding the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. This speech. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, being a total pig. Nah, this is beyond pig. Like, this yeah, is no. like, I'm this going is, with the racist shit. being extreme, as extreme of a pig as you can be on this speech. It's like, I got a backup T.I. when he called him a fucking racist and shit. It's like, damn, like, this is really fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So any, anyway, what else in this article? Right, what more could he say after this shit? I don't know. According to the Brennan Center for Justice, the murder rate rose by nearly 30%. In large cities in 2020. Damn. That's a lot. Yeah. The most recent year for which data is available, more than 75% of murders that year were committed with a firearm, according to the CDC. Well, I don't think that's a brand new statistic. I just think they're just bringing that out just to act like it's something big. Because they didn't say it's an increase. They're just saying that that percentage of people that got killed were killed by a gun. That's the easiest way to kill somebody. What began as a speech that appeared to stick to the teleprompter's policy message of crime devolved into a crass comedy routine that mocked transgender people and the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack. Okay, well that's when he's becoming more his fun side. (laughs) God, what he said before that, just like... You know, he can do his comedy afterwards, but what he first said was really fucked up, so okay. (laughs) The dueling speeches in the nation's capital highlight competing visions of the future of the Republican Party. Okay. 
but it's a contrast from former Vice President Mike Pence was reticent to call out. Okay. Well, that shows where he's fucking not cool. Well, I'm trying to figure out, like, what he's... Like, they haven't said anything that he said so far. So, like, I'm thinking he's going to say something similar, but maybe in a more wussy way of saying it. But In the Q&A portion of an event at the Young America's Foundation on Tuesday morning, Pence was asked by a student whether the divide between the former running mates extends to the rest of the conservative movement. Mm-hmm. Pence demurred, saying he couldn't be more proud of the record of the Trump-Pence administration. <laughs> okay, so he didn't answer the question. I'm all, I'll always be grateful for the opportunity to serve as vice president, he said. I don't know that our movement is that divided. I don't know that the president and I defer, differ on issues. We may differ on focus. Okay, I, I kind of, that's kind of where my brain is thinking on this. I think the Republicans all kind of want this bullshit. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck that even means. Yeah, no, I mean, that just sounds like, uh... No, I mean, I, no, I do know what the fuck that means. It's like he's saying, no, my opinions really don't differ that much from Trump, is what he's saying. It's just, I think he's saying, oh, we just have a different focus, which that's kind of when he's talking uh, bullshit political ease. So, okay. In his remarks, Pence laid out a freedom agenda that he said he hopes will be a beacon to help Americans navigate through these rough waters. Okay, let's see what what he's talking about. Maybe it is going to be different from Trump. Emphasizing economic opportunity and turning back a pernicious woke agenda. Okay, well that's... That still sounds like typical Republican bullshit but okay more done like I said done in a more wussy way and more of a political ease way of saying it and pernicious means having a harmful effect especially in a gradual or subtle way okay yeah that's what my old an old friend of mine used to say about George W. Bush (laughs) He praised the Supreme Court. No, George Bush Sr., I should say. This was back when George Bush Sr. was doing shit. That was before I didn't. I wasn't hanging out with him when George W. Bush was president. So, yeah, this was. We used to describe George Bush Sr. as uh, that. He praised the Supreme Court's recent decision eliminating the federal right to an abortion. Okay, so that's another lame policy. (laughs) But okay, we picture that from Pence. I mean, to me, it's just like, I don't want either one. (laughs) Don't want Trump, and I don't want Pence. They both are are doing shit that's going to... 
uh, take away more of our freedom. So. Noting it was made possible because of three justices appointed by the Trump-Pence administration. Okay, yeah, so... At times, Pence seemed to walk right up to the line of calling out his former boss by name, but instead opted for veiled references. I know, so it sounds like, like Pence is going... We were able. We were able to make the tyranny of Jesus happen in this country, uh, thanks to the Supreme Court justices. We put it. Big jump. I know, not that much of a jump to me, but okay. Conservatism, conservative, conservatism is bigger than any one moment. Any one election or any one person, he said. Okay. We always right the ship when our leaders veer off course. Okay, God, that sounds like political ease. <laughs> like, what the fuck is he talking about here? Yeah, I don't like that shit when politicians go into vague fucking, you know, bullshittery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Pence, I think, is, is more of a bullshitter than when it comes to it. Than, uh, I mean, it's like Trump has fucked up policies and he'll, but he'll, and he'll say what they are, but he does it in a simple way. When Pence says what his policies are, he does it in a bullshit ease kind of way of, of talking. Uh, he stressed multiple times that elections are about the future, not the past. Okay, well, it sounds like both Pence and Trump want to make us have a really horrible future. So, <laughs> I don't think I want any of their any of their vision of the future that any of the future they want to create for us. God damn it, that's going to be a horrible reality. Frankly, 2022 may be the best chance we will ever have to build a lasting majority to invigorate the conservative movement to fulfill conservatism's purpose and to save our nation from the left-wing tyranny, socialism, and decline, he said. Okay, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping for our nation's decline. I don't want the tyranny of, of uh, I don't want communist tyranny or socialism, but I do want the nation's decline. Cutting off your nose despite your face much? Okay, that's the way you look at it. Pence and Trump have held separate rallies for candidates representing their own brands of conservatism, highlighting the contrast in how each wishes to shape the direction of the GOP. Okay. Ahead of Arizona's Republican gubernatorial primary election, Pence supported, well, I don't even think that matters. Well, no, what is what did he support? Karen Taylor Robson. Okay. 
While Trump's pick, Kari Lake, runs a campaign that echoes his false claims about the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. Okay. In Georgia's Republican primary for governor, Pence's pick, Governor Brian Kemp, defeated Trump-backed challenger, former Senator David Perdue. Welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. I'm Kyle Chaos. So tune in next time when we hear more about how we're being screwed with and how we're trying to stop ourselves from being screwed with. I don't know if there were any stories this time on us stopping ourselves from being screwed with. I don't know. Do you remember any? Uh, the lady suing the hospital. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the lady suing the hospital that, that uh, took away all her privileges, she stopped herself from being screwed with. So right on, right on. But all right. Get out of here, you hippies. Well, this hippie is exiting the facility of the discarnate state where we're uh, in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and the streets of Sherman Oaks, California at the same time. See you guys tomorrow. Same time, same day. Yep, check out the check us out on whatever uh, app you're finding us on. Yep. All right. Peace. Ooh. Peace, good Canadians. Even hey, though you're you kind of fucked, eh? <laughs> what is it? I said, even though they're kind of fucked, eh? I know today. Today sucks. I don't know what to say. This is the nightmare. Doesn't seem to be ending. <laughs> Yeah, people better pray Trump don't get back in office or he's gonna wild the fuck out. I just say, I don't know. We don't want either. We don't want any of these people. I mean, don't want Biden. Don't want Trump. Don't want Pence. Don't want any of these these motherfuckers. Pretty much. All right, I'll catch you later. Okay, catch you later.